I believe in my computer's abilities. Well, sometimes that isn't enough to get you over the line, I'm afraid. Are you saying you don't believe in hope? I'm saying there's no such thing as hope. It's a human construct. All there is is probability. Nice. Yeah. Rust Cole, true detective. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what the last part. Mm. OSX Yosemite. That's it. It looks good. It does look good. That's the one which will do the... um, It'll do the phone referral stuff. So if you get a text message, you'll get the the update thing on your computer, even if it's not with iMessage. I'm doing it now. Don't do it. Don't do it now. Why? Well, one, you're on Wi-Fi. Why? Two, we're What's in the middle of the... that? It'll just be really slow. It's like five gigs. Um, well, how do I stop it? Well, it won't, it won't, also, when, it won't interrupt. When, if it's on Wi-Fi, why is that bad? It's not bad. It's just you're in like two rooms away from where the Wi-Fi is. So It'll just be slow. That's all. It's... Don't tell me what to do. And you're torrenting. No, I'm not. And yes, I am. <laughs> you said just a second earlier that you were <laughs> browsing through it. Um, do it. Yeah, and you probably also want to make sure that the programs that you use are going to be compatible because it only just came out last week. But. Uh, why didn't you start with this stuff? Why did you click it straight away? Because I'm impulsive. <laughs> It'll be fine. But also, <laughs> do you have backups of everything? No. I have backups of nothing. That's the opposite of what you should do. I know. There's, there's a lot of things that I <sighs> should do that I actually do the opposite of. Like? Like, um, hit my wife. <laughs> you do or you don't. Not even good. <laughs> It's fine. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's good. It's probably it's probably nothing to worry about. But you're saying you have hope now. It's I'm just hope. saying probability wise. All right. Well, let's just see how this goes. Wait. If... Wait. Oh man. What? Okay. What? I don't know. Well, how did they get to that so quickly? Because I'm a genius. I hacked the cyber connects. How can it already be installing? It was five gigs, and you clicked it like less than a minute ago. Maybe it's in, is it installed? Were there other updates that you hadn't done in a while? I know some things about computers, Nick. <laughs> Can you explain them to me? Because okay. I don't. Step one: hack the mainframe. <laughs> oh wait, you were right were down. you in the mainframe right there? I was actually in the main mainframe. How many different mainframes are there? Two. There's two different mainframes. What's the second one called? Sub main. Sub mainframe. It's yep. not just the subframe. Nope. Sub mainframe. Yep. Are there subframes? Yep. Man. Sub, sub mainframe. I, I didn't even have any idea of it. That's more this. of a decoy mainframe. Okay. Uh, as we say in the biz, a decoy mainframe. That's what it, that's what all the hackers immediately go to. But that's it's what like, we know. Huh, you thought it was over there, actually, in the main mainframe. Yeah. Um. So. That's part of it. I mean, it's going to get boring, like, technical, like, nerd shit. I mean, I but... saw you touching the keyboard. Like, you were pushing, like, each of those little buttons down in, like, a very specific order, it seemed. Yeah, you have to, if you want to, especially, like, with words and stuff, uh-huh. you have to type the letters in the right order. Not oh. all the time. Okay, sometimes there. So, as you can see here, installing software update about two minutes. So, That's, that should take that, about that two, three minutes. That is not... So everything about that is that is that how did that <laughs> now it's like full it's now it says less than a minute now it says 10 seconds we're just gonna i'm gonna update everyone on every stage of this progress bar uh, until what are we it's up to full. now 
We're at about 10 seconds again. I would love it to be more specific at this stage. Maybe after the software update. <laughs> Maybe we'll it's have more the specific. ability to have like five second increments. And yeah, it's um, estimative powers were not lacking. It's a strong suit. No, it is still on <laughs> 10 seconds. Oh boy. I, I have to imagine that you have not installed what you thought you were installing because that's not how that works. Yeah, well, it is. Five seconds! Oh my yeah. gosh, it's already that was, started that was upgrading. It's like the computer equivalent of going, of stalling, going um, nine, just nine, nine and a half, half nine and three quarters. Mississippi. Uh, all right, restarting. restarting. That's so now me. the computer's probably going to restart. So this is going to end up being that podcast when your computer didn't work, and we'll just have the the complete. It's such a lovely sound that thing. It's pleasant. It's a little yeah. bit nostalgic. It doesn't get annoying as well because you don't hear it that often. No. It is a nice sound. Hmm. Um, before we start mm-hmm. the main... The main deal. We're, we're still in intro mode right now. This is the rambling part that everyone loves. It's a big old deal. All right, yeah. No, this is this is a cold open. This is open. a cold open. Okay. This is the part that all of our listeners, Which we when we do the surveying, they're always like, this stuff, highlights. Cold open, good. Good stuff. Starts to taper off after the cold after open. After the gentle <laughs> fade into when the intro into- music, and then I sort of... Just fade down the volume. One of the reviews that we got on iTunes was, uh, yeah, liked the uh, intro, started to get a bit boring when they got into the content part. Three stars. Wow, that's still positive though. That's that's mixed, but but still positive. Yeah. And that would also be our first iTunes review. Then they emailed us saying, I didn't mean to click three, I meant to click two. Oh, well, Uh, still got an email, so fuck yeah. (laughs) That was a good day. That was a good day. Um, what I was going to say is that they arrested Banksy. Really? And they got his, um, D- So that we photo. know who he is? Yeah. Oh, they shit. Did. I feel really... I Wouldn't it be great if it was it. like a Batman kind of situation and he's actually like a 40-year-old billionaire? It was almost... like a playboy guy. It was almost... Yeah. It was really underwhelming. He was just like a... A guy. Not a very attractive 40-something. He wasn't going to be attractive, was he? In my head he was. Really? A little bit. Like kind of the debonair kind of street. Like it made artist. my first reaction was like, now we know why you kept your identity sealed. <laughs> but um, it's probably not why. It's probably, probably for the art. Yeah, but at the same time, doesn't help. He's a bit ago. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. This is a podcast in which we examine the universe at large through two people that are small. Did you prepare that? I earlier? didn't actually. No, I really didn't. That was that was that's that's a game improv right there. That's uh. That is you did bring your a game. I, I brought my a game, and uh, opposite and the me, a team. A teams here, a games there. Uh, cups this on the is table. Cups on, I, Nick I, I just was, pointed to say, don't put your fucking cup on the and table. And then you, you drew cunt. attention to it by uh, speaking out loud. But yep. that's alright. Well, I want everyone to know how passive aggressive you get. Nothing. Shut the fuck up. He's doing the neck knife thing. How is <laughs> the neck knife thing? That's all right. Um, how how this is Michael. <laughs> um, and I'm Nick. Welcome to the show, everybody. You already did you. You done you twice. Forget and it. I'm Nick. This week we are finally getting around to the long-awaited, much not very interested podcast about national security well you're interested in it i'm interested in it 
I know that Michael's going to be a bit of a hard uphill battle for this one, but well, you know the rest of us we're going to have a re- everything. we're going to have a really good time, guys. And don't let him drag you down. All right, just I just did. ride through on the gentle, lilting voice of my voice and enjoy the moments you can snatch from the otherwise unfortunate silences. You tripped up then, and then kept walking as if you no one saw, and I saw. Let's just check in on this real quick, because this will be a good segue. Computers, internet, software update. Don't read my messages, okay? Oh, Mister Mum, can you something? I th- I said before I asked message. her to send me a picture of a Medicare card. Uh, and uh, she why? said I her Medicare how. card. Well, I was booking her for an appointment today, and why do you need her card? Because I'm on the card. In you don't have to, your own Medicare card? That's what I was trying to do. Oh. And I need the old one. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Buy a picture. Mr. Poo Poo Pants. Oh, I, I could just, just take the number? Fuck, that'd be way easier. Yeah. I should have just... Anyhow. You, are you not even checking the updates? I wanted I, to see it what It updated, the... mate. Yeah, well, I, well... How do I check? Top left. Software update. No. <laughs> it literally says... Okay, yeah, click on the software update button that says software update. And then that'll... Yeah, so, okay. not on Wi-Fi, so... Well... Welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. This is a <laughs> grand podcast. This is what I'm going to... I'm going to have Fuck. edited... Oh, okay. going to have edited out all that part. Are you? Middle. Yeah. Well, just for... Just for glide. Just glide reasons. We'll fix that up. What if someone's listening to this podcast and having the exact same problem? Do you know who is, is listening to this like podcast? Automatic tech support. ASIO. Good segue, Ooh. Nick. Ooh. Spooky. spooky. And it's almost Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. And almost harmony. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. It's harder to do. Yeah. It was diminishing returns, really. We should have oh, just enjoyed it when Hall- it happened. Halloween episode. I thought you were about That's to say jalapenos. You almost said jalapenos. <laughs> you wanted me to say jalapenos. You said a P, well, and then you aborted. Well, what's scarier than a spice of pepper? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, jalapenos. Or Mexican. Oh, no. Okay. Um, national security. I think we're going to kick this off with the broad question. Previously, we had talked about ISIS. And you had seemed to be sort of on board with us doing something at a moral level with an obligation. And I'll, we'll get to it, back to it. But my question is, what powers do you believe the government should have to exercise to protect its citizens? What's the extent of its reach? My first thought is that it seems easy to jump uh, out on the side against the government and you know to to call to label start throwing the big brother label around and things like that seems easy to me but it also feels natural um so when we were watching uh, that video before that's that's what was running through my head that i wanted to be conscious of not just jumping against but which video is that one uh the george brandis one metadata one yeah um yeah Metadata one. So what what are they saying? They're saying that they, so that they w- want to that retain one, website information yeah. and browser history. So there's a full suite of anti-terrorism, security, national police power sort of ASIO stuff 
laws, this big bundle of stuff that's all going through, and it all has various parts. And one of them is mandatory at the ISP level and the telecom level data retention for two years of everyone's histories, basically. From when all going back even two years? Not going back. Once it passes, they'll be it'll be mandatorily okay. held. Now, what he's saying is that the the kind of mundane... I mean, they're going to have a lot of information that, they, that they're sorting through. And I mean, it, it's, you think about how many times you go online per day and how many websites you visit per day yep. for two years times by the population yep. of Australia. I mean, there, he, there is that point where it's like you're not, they're, they're not really interested in my, you know, going on Pornhub three times a day or whatever. Yeah. Three you know, times, I think. Or, you know, it's 10 a.m. and he's on Pornhub. Yeah. Pay him a visit. Intervention. <laughs> um, so there is there is that side. Like, what do you think about that argument? I understand that practically the amount of metadata that is being held would not be... Um, would not be passable, P-A-R... Yes, possible, like able to be interpreted or examined by the actual human people at the end of it, yeah. just due to the scale of it. I understand that. So what are the things but that they're the, looking for? But presumably they would be looking for suspect um, websites of terrorist organizations, keywords, that kind of stuff, and they'd filter. Right. So they'd, they'd comb through it all and they'd go, this person's looking at that site and at that site and at that site. Let's bash down his door. Okay. Um, now, but what? the for me... Okay. For me, the other side of that argument is that's basically the argument, well, if you're not doing something wrong, you've got nothing to worry about. And that is an unfortunate slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And the idea that the government has the need to, and this is, um, this is without a warrant or anything like this, this is before any sort of criminal suspicion has come into it. In fact, it is to attempt to find criminal activity. Um, the idea that the government has the right to know everything that we do online and our online activities are increasingly both an avatar of ourselves and an ever-growing part of our existence. You know, that that defines who we are. So your objection extent. to it and a lot of people's objection to it is one of um, principle. Principle. Because and not necessarily a practical objection i understand that practically i probably won't be under examination but that doesn't mean that i think it is right for them to to do that it's a violation i think it is an unnecessary violation all right so what is their what is their i mean their their point because they not only are they attempting this but they're actually not communicating it very well and that video which was actually a shorter snippet of a longer interview was basically an interview with George Brandis being asked after he proposed these laws to define what the government wants to retain. And he was unable to do that very um, very clearly, saying that the metadata would both be the web address and not be the web address. Yeah. And, you know, the reporter was like, but the web address is the website. So even if you're saying you don't want to know the website, you are knowing what the website is. Yeah, I mean, that just seems like it's kind of 
we all know what you're saying, and he he realizes that there's going to be a negative reaction, so he's trying to figure out a way to package it. But I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see someone that's trying to evade the question. I'm seeing someone who doesn't actually understand the internet, and that's always the thing. Like the people in these positions are mostly older; they're mostly fifties. You yeah. know, you think about the internet as a series of tubes. You know, the infamous statement that's the you know the congressman in America. And it seems to me that commonly the people that are making these decisions are not actually the people who have the understanding of the technology. And in fact, all of the data providers like the ISPs and the telecoms have said how incredibly impractical it is to retain this amount of data from everything, both merely in storage, both in terms of filtering and in terms of the incredible decreases in speed and network efficiency that occur when they have all of this added raft of stuff on it. So there are practical considerations from the other end that make it um, an unwieldy proposition and one that causes um, increases in price and decreases in efficiency in an already strained system. Okay. So my, it also, you know, one of the other problems that I have with these sort of things is the fact that the people who make the decisions don't actually seem to understand the things that they're implementing mm-hmm. and the consequences. If we look at it from the other side, <clears throat> what are they trying to do? Is it, I mean, they, we've said that they are trying to prevent a potential threat. Mm-hmm. Try, are they really trying to do a good thing and just going about it poorly, implementing strategies that are over the top? Is that the end of your rhetorical, or did you have something it else you wanted? It wasn't rhetorical. I'm yeah, asking but, sorry. Yeah, you, you I, I didn't know if you hadn't finished. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, so there's a couple of sides to this. The first is Australia has basically never had never had a terrorist attack. There's never been a terrorist attack on Australian soil. Yeah. We, as a nation, have only lost, I think, less than 20 people have died in terrorism attacks. Almost, other than like one person in Queensland in 1978 or something, almost all of those were in Bali bombings yeah. and um, what was the other bombing? Um, London? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, so it hasn't even been on Australian soil. So practically, Australia is not really under threat. I don't. Is there a growing kind of feeling that there might be? I think that it's... Has, has, has every kind of government said that? In a post-September 11 world, the new boogie monster that But what people... does that mean, though? Like, what is... After... What, what are the implications of the post-9-11 world? Is it... Is it a, a genuine kind of movement movement that's happening against the West, Australia included? No, I'm not meaning in a... Uh, when I say post-9-11, I was going to say governments have found the boogie monster of terrorism to be an effective way to expand their powers. Okay. Because the incredible violation that the American people felt from the attacks, um, and which was echoed around, you know, Western society, that sudden real on our soil, you know, violation basically was enough to get people to fairly unilaterally expand almost all, you know, army like military powers and you know 
NSA powers and all that and all that kind of that kind of that kind of stuff. But in um, in Australia, we haven't ever had that, you know. And we see. So about a month ago, there was that raid. You remember the raid of yeah. eight hundred police that went through to stop a supposed terrorist threat, and they went through and. 800 police went and arrested 15 people and one person was charged or something like that. And in sort of those weeks after that, as these upcoming, as these now some partially enacted anti, you know, terrorism power expansion laws were going through, Tony Abbott very blatantly and with no pretense otherwise literally said something along the lines of, in order to enable the safety of the majority, the uh, the privacy and the freedoms of some minorities will have to be restricted. You know, and it's just like it's not even subtext. He act he actually said, for the greater good of us as an Australian people, we're going to have to persecute some, and that is. This is sort of the furthest that I think the Western I've seen a Western country go in, um, in the blatant fear mongering that it comes along with it. What were the minorities he was referring to? Well, it um, he wasn't specifically referring, and he didn't say the word minority. To be fair, that was my abbreviation. But um, the implication was the Muslim um, pra- practicing Muslims in Australia. Okay. Um. With regards to the public's, the general Australian public's perception of them, the uh, it was in the context of the broader um, anti-terrorism law stuff. So that was more about the ability of um, so ASIO. I'm, I'm, there's a whole raft of connected legislation, but ASIO in other things that it has these new powers to do, which only a couple of people um, <clears throat> opposed um, in the Senate. Um, debates were it, it now only requires one warrant from a judge in order to tap a network of computers right and the idea which i think is was originally a sensible one is that currently if you want to tap a suspect's phone you have to get a warrant and if you want to attach a suspect's home computer you have to get a separate warrant if you want to tap that person's tablet you have to get a separate warrant and so I think the good intent originally, which I don't disagree with, was the idea that we should be able to get one warrant for the network of personal computers that all of us now carry with us. But it had no limit. It didn't say up to 10 devices per warrant. It didn't say a scope. And so, in actuality, all that it, all it said was a network or networks of connected computers. Um, so, in actuality, ASIO with one warrant can now tap the entirety of the internet. And it can listen into everything. It can mandate that it can access anything and everything that any person in the entire world is doing on the computers. And again, this is another one of those instances where it feels like the people who are putting this technology, putting this legislation through, don't actually understand the technology they're legislating against. Are they well intentioned? I don't know. I don't think so. Well. Well, that depends. Else, that depends on it? where you sit on what, the. What, what's the other agenda? That it could be. Um... I, I don't think it's. 
I don't think it's moustache twirling nefarious. But I do think that the prejudices of the ruling party uh, affect the way that they implement laws where in a truly fair landscape all um, civilians in a, in a nation would be treated equally. And the reality is that that's not how a party works. And so whether it is honest fear of Muslims or calculated party line fear of or you know antagonism of Muslims to solidify the Christian base that votes for them, um, I, I couldn't say. But I think there are certainly uh, reasons for the government to take a stance against particular groups. I want to hear... So we had a, a smidge of a talk about um, the ISIS stuff and whether Australia should step in to that conflict. Um, I would like to hear back to that original question. What, what do you think the government should be able to do to protect its people? Is there a limit to what the government should do to protect its people? Well, I, I'm always going to react against um, any sort of anything that seems like a kind of big brother approach um, <clears throat> to privacy. I guess uh, in this podcast, it's weird in this. Like right now, I feel like I'm taking it a very compassionate. Uh, I think you're taking a reasonable, um, <clears throat> a, making a reasonable attempt to consider the other side. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm not, I'm not as well informed with you as you on this sort of stuff. So I'm also kind of um, learning yeah. from you as well. Um, I think, I think the government should have some sort of. Um, some sort of ability to identify. It reminds me of Minority Report a little bit. Did you ever see that movie? Of course, yeah. Kind of trying to prevent uh, a crime that is is going to happen. I mean, in that movie, they know it's going to happen. Yes, yeah, slightly, slightly different, but yes. No, I understand <laughs> the point. That that well, in that movie, it is through data examination as well. Like it's not just a psychic bolt from the blue. Yeah, there is. I think there are the there are fundamental changes that need to happen, like you said. <clears throat> um, the age, the mean age of the people that are making that are enforcing these needs needs to yeah. be lowered. And they need some young blood in there to understand it. I I don't know if I'm kind of. Uh, I I don't know if I have much to say. Much Do you think that this. the government should be able to? Tell everyone to stay in their homes. No. What if they think there's going to be a terrorist attack? Stay in your homes, there's going to be a terrorist attack. <laughs> how big is it? How big? How, <laughs> how, how serious is the threat? Do you think that um, the government should require you to be frisked coming in and out of the country? Don't they already do that? They don't frisk you. They scan you. I'm just trying to suss out where you think um, it's reasonable for 
the intrusion of into your privacy and your private life. Does does it not weird you the weird you out the idea that they would be monitoring? There is a log of everything that you do on the internet, every call that you've made with a you know telecommunications provider. In principle, yeah. I don't like that idea. But I don't I also don't mind the the day-to-day implications are not big enough for you to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up. Yeah, you really like ho- you really got to hold this one down, Nick, if you're the um, so here's uh, here's one thing. So this is currently this is before the new legislation came in. Uh, Australian government metadata requests are far far higher than disclosed. So this is from um, ACMA, the uh, Australian Communications and Media Authority. Um, the last annual report revealed that there were five hundred and eighty three thousand requests for phone, web browsing, and location data um, that reveals detailed information about a person's life and associations. Um, That's per year. So already before the expanded powers, the government is requesting location and browsing data 583,000 times a year. Does that seem to you like a, a reasonable amount of time? Like, they literally will know can know where you are but they, at any also, time. I mean, they're just Our filtering. They're just filtering. But that's not filtered. That's an actual request for a particular person's information. They, I mean, nothing really changed. I, they shouldn't uh, lie about, about what they uh, are actually doing. But, I mean, it's it's not something that I... I'm particularly passionate um, for the uh, the other side of it in the things that they introduced um, with the recent batch of, edu- of legislation was basically in response to Snowden and all his um, leaking of documents. Um, so anyone, so basically now uh, there's going to be introduced this special um, special unit of ASIO. Um, which can do special ops, which it can declare as, quote, special. And once they arbitrarily decide something that's special, they can do illegal things, completely illegal things that they don't have the um, authority to do. And if it's successful in uh, capturing someone or succeeding in an arrest, it becomes retroactively legal. So they have the ability to basically hand wave and break the law, do completely horrible things, and then if it's successful, they can now say that that was legal the whole time. Um, And at the same time, um, anyone, including journalists, can have up to 10 years of imprisonment for reporting on the details of any of these missions, including... um, unintentionally or through social media so if anything even gets spread um in that way those people can face imprisonment for 10 years for posting something on facebook yep 
and reporters like and journalists are actually discussing the real implications of things so there, there can be no discussion of special things even if there have been illegal things done um, otherwise the people that read and report on it get imprisoned while the people that did the illegal things can then retroactively um, have it legalized do you think what do you think do you think Australia is turning into a nanny state? I don't think nanny state is the word to use there. Nanny state is, to me, evokes the idea of um, guardrails around every river and you know cushioned pavement and that sort of thing. Like the idea that um, that we're protected from anything that might. Um, hurt us or influence us. Okay. Have I misinterpreted that? Or maybe I have. I don't know. Um, you make me doubt myself. <laughs> the, the, what are you intending by the, the use of the word? Um, I th- last time I saw it, I think it was in reference to um, America and the NSA. It was kind of policing and... and Watching every move. Overprotective or interfering unduly with personal choice. So we were both right. I think we're both right there. Um, I don't think that it's... um, I don't think that it's... Interfering at that fundamental freedom level yet. But I worry that it is taking too many steps away from personal liberties... uh, for no good reason, for simply through fear mongering and and basic um, military industrial complex reasons. Is there an economic side to this? Well, um, is someone benefiting? Increased police force. You know, I'm sure that there'd be material. Um, but the government expansion. doesn't necessarily care about that, though. But the lobbyists that um, get these laws made, have say. And who are they lobbying for? If they... So let's say that a a, a lobby group says, we'll donate a million dollars to your party. Um, And then when that person gets elected, if that person gets elected, they are somewhat indebted to this lobby group and may then introduce legislation or... Um, particular wording of uh, laws that favours the interest groups of those that got them to that position. I think that's probably more an American problem than it is currently an Australian problem, but um, I think it would probably be naive to suggest it doesn't happen here as well. Mm. Do you think that there is a, uh, a risk of this... Uh, nanny state to use the word um, um, it seems it seems like it. I, d- I don't like the idea that it kind of feels a bit like and I've kind of switched off the news um, it's hard to or, get in, invested in Australian current affairs and, and news because it is, it is so boring yeah. um, and American politics is so sexy um, but it did feel a couple of weeks ago that we were all being force-fed an enemy. In the 
the Muslim stuff. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's died down a little bit, but I've also um, blocked myself off a little bit from it. Yeah, it has died down a bit. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's just media hype. Well, well and it's probably also because um, the laws have been passed. Right. Uh, with regards to the burqa. Oh well, all the terrorism stuff. It the cynic in me suggests that egging up the the big show of um, of all this terror threat that they caught was beneficial in making sure that there would be no real opposition to the expanded powers. You said that last bit again. Then so when they the government had the. Um, had these laws that they were trying to introduce to expand the powers of ASIO and all that sort of stuff. And I think it would... The cynic in me suggests that the media fear-mongering aided them in cultivating a climate in which they could pass them more easily. Does the general media in Australia have a a political agenda? Hugely. The Murdoch media is very much liberal-sided. I know that, like, the Herald Sun is... um, But... Like the Sydney Morning Herald, like all the, aren't these respectable? All the, they're all various degrees of shit. The Murdoch is often very blatant. The Murdoch infamously, they, the tabloid ones are always going to be worse. But are they all owned by the same? They're all the same, yeah. All they're all owned by the same, but they all have similar agendas to various degrees. Some of the real sort of Sydney rags of Murdoch literally put up front pages last year. Um, Australia needs Tony Abbott. Like that was the front page of their paper. Right. Kick this mob out with a picture of the Labor government. Yeah. Like they actively sided and reported in a very um, one-sided way. Do you think people just people don't see the media as having an agenda? Like most people no. don't. They just they're just like oh that's that's I guess what the what the what the facts are. You're absolutely are. true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's really. I don't scary. think people, on average pay that much attention or pay much thought to the idea that well at the end of the day it's just a guy just a guy in an office that writes those things and he has a boss and he has obligations and there are just as many human factors involved in the product that comes in onto the shelves as there is anything else yeah it's a, it's a bit like um it's like seeing just meat in the in the supermarket yeah um and it's just like this is a steak I don't really know what the cow looks like. And I don't need to know. Yeah. And I haven't even thought about the fact where it came from, really. Yeah. But no, just... I mean, we we mentioned previously that um, Murdoch had a very strong intent to get rid of Labour because the National Broadband Network and a massively increased um, uh, speeds in Australia would have allowed many more people and many more uprisers to dethrone his Foxtel um, cable subscription. So all the people who want to watch Game of Thrones but don't know how to download it and it's not on iTunes yet, they don't have the speeds to it and don't want to torrent, have no other choice than to get Foxtel. But if all of a sudden everyone has 100 gigabits a second, all of a sudden the entire populace can do much more easily... um, uh, more nefarious things or even legal things like you have the space for legal uprises where Netflix could properly open in Australia. So why can't it now? Netflix doesn't because the, we don't have the infrastructure for it. What What do we? What do they need? Faster connectivity between everything. Wait. 
So we're slower than everyone else. We are slower by about a factor of five on average than the US. And the US bitches about everywhere else. I went to Hungary and I was getting... Because of Murdoch. Not because of Murdoch, but Murdoch's... Murdoch isn't ripping up the wires on the street. But Murdoch's media empire is predicated on the Foxtel premium service. And he doesn't want that monopoly threatened. So his papers have the incentive to align with the party that is going to offer not the National Broadband Network. That's really upsetting. It is. What was internet like elsewhere? So, yeah, it's it's super depressing to even get super detailed into it. But the, uh, like like I said, I was in a I was in a hotel in Hungary, right, mid Eastern Europe, um, and I was getting something like forty five. I want to say gigabit per second, gigabit per second, and right now we probably get about, oh gosh, about six megabit, eight gigabit per second. Yeah, Yeah. that's accurate. Um, So it is like, we are so, so, so far behind, so, so far behind, which is why the NBN was so important. It's a bummer. Mm. Well, I don't know if we're going to get... I'm sorry, I don't have, you know, a whole lot to say on this. No, I'm kind of no. learning from you. That's right. Bit. No, I think you engaged very well in that, Michael. I'm very oh, proud of you. Oh, fuck you. I'm very proud of you. Fuck off. Everyone, send you him an well encouraging... You Michael, didn't you? Send him an encouraging email. And really uh, kept up with the pace, didn't you? Ask, yeah. ask some good questions. Ask some good questions. You, hey? see, you seemed interested. What you seemed you know? engaged. You looked me in the eyes every now you're and gonna then. Ask, you're like, going to give me a pop quiz. Pop quiz. Oh, yeah. Three things that I've learnt today. <laughs> and then it's a maths test. Murdoch, bad. Yeah. Now, remember, guys, if we can't simplify it down to just a noise, then we haven't done our job. Minority Report, Tom Cruise, good. Yeah. <laughs> Annoys Michael. I Seriously, yeah. I'm, all I'm thinking about is Minority Report. It's a good movie. There's going to be a TV show. I love it. It's going to be a TV show. Is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> but you're loving that, aren't you? I'm excited about the idea. Yeah. Well, I'm cautiously optimistic. They have not announced anything about it yet. <laughs> Other than it will exist. That's good. That's mm. a good start. Impression of the week, Michael. Yep. You said you had a Tom Cruise ready to go. No, I didn't. That's very authentic, actually. That's exactly how he says that. Alrighty. Uh, go to facebook.com slash deepfort, twitter.com slash deepfort, email us deepfort at gmail.com, rate us on iTunes. Correct. And uh, send us in the mail any sort of uh, spam mails or vouchers for Hungry Jacks that you might have. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in the mail to what address? At deepfort at gmail.com. And uh, just do us a favor and, and go online, do a bit of browsing, t- then, type in uh, how to make a bomb. Yeah. Uh, ISIS recruitment programs. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are other good ones? Muslims. How to, uh, how to make the government think you're a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> so they come in, barging in, and you're just like... I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> Just you got a wig yet. and a beard on. <laughs> uh, 
That's good. You're all decked out in like camo gear. Yeah. All right. A bit. You make the house smell like falafel. Now you're getting racist. <laughs> Jesus. Why would you do that? No, the point is to make them think you're, you're a terrorist online. Come in and you're just the most, you're just like a, just have like a little, oh no, that wouldn't work. So, no, hold on. So you're, you're preying on their false stereotypes that they expect you to have falafel smell. Exactly. Not because you're racist, but because you know they're exactly. racist. Saved. Like you, I'm a little offended. You would, you would have think, you would have thought that. That was on me. I apologize. Yeah, that was my bad. Very quick to label me a racist when, really, I'm a satirist. (laughs) And all the whale noise in previous episodes has nothing to do with it. Whale noises. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. That's just how it sound. Really? Mm. Alrighty, we'll see you next week, everybody. Halloween episode next week. Uh. What's the date today? Twentieth. Twentieth. We're doing a Halloween episode next week. Fuck you. What costume are we gonna wear? No, don't spoil it. Oh, my... should we wear costumes? No, Ooh. we're not gonna wear costumes. Spooky. I'm gonna be spooky jalapeno. Alright, uh, we're doing a Halloween episode next week. Okay. Get get excited, folks. Can Your... you, the viewers? Wait, Audios. How does how was this medium? Uh, I'm video recording this one, so we do have viewers. The viewers of Deep Four. Mm-hmm. Can I can I ask you? Mm-hmm. I've never been closer to the mic. We're wrapping up. Can you please send us some um, interesting Halloween? I'm not coming further than that. Come closer. Some interesting Halloween. I want you to email us in some interesting Halloween ideas that Nick and I can talk about. Maybe some facts. Maybe um, a murder. Uh, a murder, murder case. Murder. Maybe a murder case or two. Uh, maybe maybe uh, you've had an experience um, in your childhood. With um, a priest. <laughs> yeah, that spooky Halloween episode where, where someone's like, I came as the priest that molested me. <laughs> Like well, oh, 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 it's like other ideas. You can you can win best. You, need to, you win, no, You need to step back a bit. You yeah. win best dressed. Alrighty. Well, uh, we look forward to that next week, everybody. No, but seriously, email us in some ideas because that would that's a good way to get the you know get the get juices the crowd buzzing. moving, man. Get, get the, them emailing in, you know. Get the make get the them ying, think get that the they're yang. part of it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Adios, amigos. Tatiana.